Shalom, and thank you for listening to the weekly teaching from Nachamu Ami. It's our honor that you've chosen to participate virtually, and we hope that this lesson will be an inspiration in your daily walk. Don't miss a single teaching. Be sure to download the Nachamu Ami app by visiting our website at www.makeandmessianic.com and clicking the Download the App button in the top left corner. Enjoy the message. Well, it's not actually Sukkot yet, but in my way of thinking, it's never, never too early to start thinking about being happy. So I figure we might talk just a, a brief bit about Sukkot. Tis the season, as they say. What do you want to talk about? Anyone have any thoughts on Sukkot? I'm not, I don't have anything prepared. I've, I did all my work for the year last, over the last uh, 14 days. I'm done. I have nothing left to say. Now, here's, here's a question. Leviticus 23, where we read one of the places we read about Sukkot. Um, it says, it tells us about the shofar blast, it tells us about Yom Kippur, and then it says, on the 15th day of the seventh month, which starts tomorrow night, is the festival of Sukkot, as you hear in Ashkenaz pronunciation, Sukkot. Sukkot, a seven-day period for Adonai. On the first day is a holy convocation. You shall not do any laborious work. For a seven-day period, you shall offer, and it talks about the fire offering. It talks about Shmini Atzeret, which is this kind of mysterious eighth day of uh, assembly. And then the chapter ends by saying, but on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you gather in the crop of your land, you shall celebrate Adonai's festival for a seven-day period. The first day's arrest, the eighth day's arrest. Take for yourselves on the first day the fruit of a citron tree, the branches of date palms, twigs of a plated tree, and brook willows. There are your arbiminim, your four species. And you shall rejoice before Adonai your God for a seven-day period. So, if you were ever looking for a reason to celebrate Sukkot, there is none greater than that. God told you to rejoice and be happy. Do you want to argue with that? I don't see any reason to. But he says, you shall celebrate it as a festival for Adonai, a seven-day period in the year, an eternal decree for your generations. In the seventh month shall you celebrate it. Wow. Got it, seventh month. You shall dwell in booths for a seven-day period. Every native in Israel shall dwell in booths so that your generations will know that I caused the children of Israel to dwell in booths when I took them from the land of Egypt. I am Adonai, your God. Why are we gonna do it? We're gonna do it, it tells us, so that your generations will know that I caused the children of Israel to dwell in booths when I took them from the land of Egypt. Man, that's kind of Boring, though. I mean, we're going to go live in these huts for seven days, and we're going to just be sitting there thinking, hmm, this is what they did when they came out of Egypt. Seven days. What else do you want to do? Well, we can eat in it. We can sleep in it. But while we're here, we should be thinking about this is what they did when they came out of Egypt. Second day. This is what they did when they came out of Egypt. Seventh day. This is what they did when they... What else? 
What else? I mean, is that it? What else does the sukkah mean? What does it symbolize for you? This is interactive. Freedom. Okay. What else? Hope. Okay. All good things. There was this argument, an argument that took place among the sages where this was interpreted literally to mean, I just want you to remember that you dwelled in booths when I took you out of Egypt. But then there's another kind of cooler thing that happens where it's actually supposed to recall in our minds the clouds of glory, and clouds of glory in this case has to do with the cloud by day and the fire by night. Those were considered to be the clouds of glory. That that is actually what we're supposed to be recalling when we're in the sukkah. That the clouds that surrounded Israel were more, the Midrash says that there were, it wasn't just that cloud, that it was actually seven clouds, six in every direction that surrounded Israel. And then the seventh was the pillar of fire and cloud. And Midrash is Midrash, but it's really cool. And what it says is that God was all around Israel. Darren, can you show me that um, interesting seal that I showed you, the seal of, that's not a seal, that's a zebra. (laughs) They don't live in the water. American, American seal. So this this debate took place that said, no, we we should interpret this as recalling, yeah, what God did, but we were living in these Sukkot, And all the while, God was all around us in this awesome display of power. And so when we go into the sukkah, we remember that. Now, here's an interesting little bit of trivia. I don't have my pointer, but you see, Thomas Jefferson and James Madison were part of the people who designed this. Do you see that right there? According to Thomas Jefferson, and we can debate whether or not he was a believer all day and what he believed in and who his God was and all that. I don't care about that right now. In Jefferson's mind, those were symbolic of the clouds of glory that surrounded the Israelites during their time in the wilderness, which is a cool little American connector for us because... um, Those 13 stars, obviously, you know what they represent. So that is an American way of celebrating Sukkot. That when we go in the sukkah, we're recalling these clouds of glory that were were leading Israel, even though they were in the wilderness. But, But here's my question. Who's right? Which one is it? I mean, Akiva said, no, it's literally a sukkah. And what we're supposed to recall there is that we were alone. 
We were living in these transitory little booths that could fall down at any time, and yet God made provision for us. He kept us alive. He sustained us. And furthermore, when God says, remember that you dwelled in booths, he's also saying, when I bring you into the land and you're prospering and eating the fruit of the land and your enemies have been devoured and consumed, don't forget where you came from that I took you from a slave nation. And for 40 years, that was your own fault, by the way, for 40 years, you dwelt in Sukkot. And I was your caretaker. And then there's, of course, the other, which is Rambam and Ramban and later, and all these guys who say, no, 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 no. That, yeah, there's merit in that. But let's elevate this thing. When you step into the sukkah, imagine being there and the pillar of fire and cloud and Israel being protected by God. And you can see why that interpretation in the Middle Ages in particular, though it's much earlier than that. But in the Middle Ages, when the expulsions of Jews from every country culminating in 1492 in Spain, you can see why those Middle Age guys would have this picture of, I just want to see God as protector, awesome cosmic power, cloud of glory, God protector around us. So when you go in the sukkah, remember that. Who's right? Akiva, Ibn Ezra, who have this literal interpretation, or Ramban and Ramban, who's right? Is it either or? Yes. It's both, of course. Of course it's both, right? It has to be both. And, you know, for us, and this is the simple message of today, what are we supposed to take away? We are in exile. That kind of is, is, is actually very representative of us still today. We are, we are in the world, not exactly of it, but yet we're a part of it. We live in an incredibly blessed land for the moment, for the moment where it would seem that since 1770-something, not six, it was later, I think it was finalized in the late 70s, 1770s, God has indeed been a protector, a shelter around this country. But... It's both things, but we are indeed in exile. We are, all of us, we are not home. Messiah's kingdom, God's kingdom, has not been established by the Messiah yet. And so, yeah, when we step into this little lean-to shack, and when you see ours outside, buddy, it is leaning. (laughs) It's a recollection of, bring us home, God. Bring us home. You did it before. But we're not going to lose sight of the blessing of even this little shelter. That you are all around. This is what, I I really had no idea what I was going to talk about today. Something about clouds. So I was pulling into the synagogue this morning. And 
this image. Can you see what that is? That's the synagogue. And those were the clouds that were above. And I said, okay, God, I'll take that as a confirmation. We'll talk about clouds and the clouds of glory. Go to the next one because here's the real picture. And unfortunately, it's too dark for you to really be able to see. But what we have here in this next image, you'll see that later. That dark black thing with cross hatching right there. And by the way, if you're listening online, I'm going to have Darren post these pictures online so that you can see them because they're awesome. And also, while you're there, if you're interested in listening or if you, if you would be interested in Nechamuami live streaming services, let us know. That way you can see these pictures live. But that is the sukkah in the back of Nechamuami, the sanctuary or the the synagogue over there and overhead are these clouds, which in my mind are pretty glorious. That's not a doctored photo, as you can tell, because it's so bad. (laughs) But you know how you see pictures on the internet, it's like there's an angel's face over the twin towers and he's holding an Apache helicopter. And you look at it, it's like somebody spent five minutes photoshopping this image into the cloud. That's not photoshopped. But what is it? It is everything I'm telling you. It is everything that the sukkah is supposed to be. The sukkah, this little lean-to building that's set aside from our stable stone synagogue where nothing can happen to us and we're protected. No, we're not there. We're out here in this little shack that we built. But what does Sukkot say with the clouds above us? It says, we are not, have never been, and will never be alone. God is with us. And even when we're sitting, and that's why it's so incredibly important that the roof, a sukkah with a roof that you cannot see through is no sukkah. Doesn't count. You have to be able to see. What would Israel have been able to see? The clouds of glory. The reminder of God's presence with them. For us as believers in Messiah Yeshua, I mean, we are, we are so much waiting. We are under the cloud, but Rashi, or Rambam, bases his interpretation of these clouds and what we should really remember in the sukkah. He's a clouds of glory guy. And he bases it on one of the most incredible texts that I've ever read in the Bible that somehow I missed until I read it from him. I've read it, but I just never processed it. Isaiah 4, chapter 2. We are waiting for redemption, right? Listen to what redemption looks like. In that day, the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious. Who is the branch? Yeshua. 
Isaiah says elsewhere, I will, ri- I will raise up a righteous branch. In that day, the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land shall be the pride and honor of the survivors of Israel. And he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. Everyone who has been recorded for life in Jerusalem, when the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and cleansed the bloodstains of Jerusalem from its midst by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of burning, then the Lord will create over the whole site of Mount Zion and over her over her assemblies a cloud by day and smoke and the shining of a flaming fire by night for over all the glory there will be a canopy there will be a booth for shade by day from the heat and for refuge and shelter from the storm and the rain what does that say it says remember both interpretations starting tomorrow night and look with great hope and expectation to the coming day of Messiah, which is prophesied in Isaiah 4, that at the end of it all, the clouds that are there that are beautiful and glorious and the clouds that were there in in the wilderness that were beautiful and glorious are nothing compared to the clouds that God will send when the one who is coming on the clouds will establish his kingdom on earth. So when you go into the sukkah this holiday, it is a symbol of hope. It is a symbol of the transitory nature of this world. It is a confirmation that Lance can't build things well. It is all these things. And my friends, it is a commandment from our Father in heaven that for the next seven days, we rest in his presence under the clouds of glory and rejoice. Let's make the most of it. Yes? Shabbat Shalom. Please rise. We hope you enjoyed the weekly teaching. We'd love to hear from you with a comment, a prayer request, or questions you might have. We believe the mission and message of Messianic Judaism is something the world needs now. If you enjoy these teachings, would you consider financially supporting the work of Nachamu Ami by visiting our website at www.makingmessianic.com and clicking the Give Online button in the upper right corner. Thank you again for listening. 